Good morning. Grace and peace to you. Thank you, brother, for the songs. Yes. Proverbs twenty three twenty three. By the truth, by truth, do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. The point is, the truth is invaluable. No matter what someone might offer you for it, you should never sell it. You should never trade it away. And the devil is always making deals about the truth to get people to trade it in on something that's not true. That's something that he puts in front of them and he said, this is better, this is more important, uh, this is more precious, this is of greater value. But God affirms, the Holy Spirit affirms, we should never sell the truth. We need to get it and keep it. Because truth is our connection to God. Truth is our connection to God. When we lose the truth, we lose God. It's plain and simple. We're seeing this played out all the time in the world, and we've seen it many times. Mike mentioned in his prayer, Nowhere is it more visible than today in what's happening in our country and the recent events surrounding laws being passed about aborting babies. Statistics, and these are old statistics I have. They're sometimes necessary, but they're very unfeeling and uh, impersonal. But sometimes they have an impact on us. And you can find these statistics online, and they vary. Every day in the United States, not the world, and the world is just as bad as the United States, 2,877 Babies are killed by abortion every day. That's over a million fifty thousand. It's a conservative estimate. A million fifty thousand a year. By the time we finish this sermon, statistically speaking, sixty babies will have been aborted. It's about two a minute. These are human beings. These are children. It's done with the approval of the law. And it's being sanctioned by our culture. And more recently, and... Things we can't hardly believe. 
We were talking about this in our men's group yesterday. When the uh, state of New York passed their late-term abortion law, saying you could take a child's life even one minute before it was to be born, and they celebrated it, they applauded it, like it was some great victory. And then the state of Virginia tried to pass a similar law, it didn't pass, but the governor was trying to defend it, and he had this strange and very lame explanation of what to do with a baby who survived abortion. And just some words about making it comfortable, but not wanting to offer it any medical help. And the failure of our own U.S. Senate to pass a bill that would provide for the medical treatment of a baby that would survive abortion, and some do. And they would not pass that bill. We should be incensed. We should be outraged. We should be in mourning that our country has come to this that people see this as something that is okay and there's nothing wrong with it. And the only answer to it is the fact, as we've just introduced, they have lost the truth. They have lost God. And it just shows us how far our nation is starting to slide away from the Lord God Almighty. And you and I as Christians need to stand up whenever we can and every opportunity we have, and Don appreciate that last song, to let people know what is the truth, to speak about God, to affirm that He is, He exists, He's given us life, His Son, His Savior and Lord. Not to be ashamed and not to be afraid. Because I think that's in part is why we've gotten to the place we are, because we've not maintained that voice in the public square. What does the true and living God say about children? Let's work our way through this. Through the scriptures. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Genesis 1.28 God blessed them, meeting Adam and Eve, and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. That's all I'm going to read from that verse. This was part of God's good creation. When he stepped back, and he, every day he said, This is good. And when he stepped back and made man, he says, Very good. And that was part of it to have children, to be fruitful and multiply. Now, where, where is the joy today of bringing life into the world and rearing children in the image of God, rearing them in the ways of the Lord? Where is that joy? You, can, you read throughout, in particular, the Old Testament, it, it was a joy... When, when a man and a woman would, would, would be pregnant. 
They were, were with child. We're going to have a child. It's a joyful thing. It doesn't seem that way today. Today, having children is work. It's expensive. It takes time. You hear these arguments. Yes, that's true. But it's life. Life from God. Perpetuating the human race. What he set in motion thousands of years ago. It's a joyful thing. It's a wonderful thing that God gives life. Look at Psalm 127. Picture here about children being a gift from the Lord. 127.3 Behold, children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Wow. Do we see it that way? Does, I know the world out there doesn't see it that way. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Well, that's a very different picture about children than it is today, isn't it? Wow. We get so far away from the truth. So far away from what, is, what really matters, what is of value, what should bring us joy. Not the trinkets that we have, you know, the technology and all this stuff. Distractions and detractions from real joy. The joy of serving God and doing his will. Bringing children into the world, rearing them in the ways of God. That's joy, that's excitement, that's a thrill. Yes, it's hard work. Yes, you beat your head against the wall. Those of us who are parents know that. It's a struggle. But it's a joy, because we're doing the work of God, the bidding of God. Some people still like to present their arguments about whether or not it's a child in the womb. Let's turn to Psalm 139. Even medical science now if you're reading any of the latest, and I encourage you again, I've mentioned this two or three times in our uh, fellowship sessions, the book by Nancy Piercy, Love Thy Body. Get it and read it. Ultrasound is a great blessing to the Christian position. It's a baby. We can see it, and we... Pro-life groups use that. When someone comes in and they want an abortion, they say, well, let's show you what's going on in there. And you can see the child, and you can watch the heartbeat. It is a baby. It's not a mess of tissue. Now the argument is, because science is accepting that, the argument is, well, it is a human being, but it's not a person yet. You hear this argument yet? It's not a person. And they go to great extremes to try to explain what they're talking about, none of which makes sense. It's not a person. 
What's the Bible say? Psalm 139. I got the next three scriptures are along this line. I'm not going to dwell on them. David. For you formed my inward parts. Verse 13. He's talking to God. You formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Who was it? Was it a thing? Was it an it? Was it not David until he was born? Not hardly. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. That sounds like God was very much personally involved in creating David, forming David, and bringing David into the world. Not just some thing, some person, but David. Jeremiah 1. Very similar thing with Jeremiah the prophet. Verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me. The word of the Lord. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, Jeremiah. I knew who I was going to make in your mother's womb, and it was you. That should thrill every one of us, because I think that's true of every one of us. These are just not select uh, situations. I think God's hand is in every womb, forming the person he wants to form. He told Moses, he says, don't I create the blind and the deaf? Remember that? He says, I, I do that. We might discuss that, but God says, I do that. God's hand is there. It's always been there. And then Luke 1, and it, you've heard me say this, and I'll probably say it again. You want an answer to some question in the scripture, Jesus has the answer for you. He may it must be something he said, and it may be something he did, and it may be something about his life, but Jesus is the answer. And here in Luke 1, of course, we have the visit from the angel Gabriel to Mary, and verse 30, angel said there, Do not be afraid, Mary, you've found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You should call his name Jesus. We know that because the angel had already been to Joseph. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Studying that in Bible class. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. 
And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Okay, I don't know a man. The angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Now, taking all that in, when Mary conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit, who was conceived in her? It was Christ Jesus, wasn't it? It wasn't just an it, a thing, or a blob of tissue. It was Jesus. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I think it all starts at conception. I, I think these, these scriptures show that. It's the way God made it to be, right? It's the way he made it to be. Let's go to Leviticus 20. Let's talk a little bit about God's love for children. Leviticus 20 and 1. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, You shall also say to the sons of Israel, Any man... from the sons of Israel or from the aliens sojourning in Israel who gives any of his offspring to Moloch shall surely be put to death. Moloch was one of the horrible idolatrous gods who demanded child sacrifice or so the people said, you know, he is not real. And at times Israel fell into this. We'll see this in a later reading in Ezekiel. But notice what God says. You, you give your child to Moloch. He should, that man should be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stone. I will also set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he has given some of his offspring to Moloch so as to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. The idea is that this is a man of God, supposedly an Israelite, and he's going to give his, God, his child to Moloch, and then he's going to come and worship me. And God says, that doesn't work. That doesn't happen. If the people of the land, however, should ever disregard that man when he gives any of his offspring to Moloch so as not to put him to death, notice this verse 5. Then I myself will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut off from among their people both him and all those who play the harlot after him by playing the harlot after Moloch. Ooh, I don't want to be in his shoes. 
Children are a gift from God. Look at Jeremiah 32. Thirty-five. Again, he's detailing many of the sins of Israel, many of the sins of Judah. You know, they're about here to, to go into exile, go to Babylon. Hopefully they'll learn a lesson. They did for a while, and then they slid back. They built the high places of Baal that are the valley of Ben-Hinnom to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire to Moloch, which I had not commanded them. Nor had it entered my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. I never think about such a thing. Why did you? Then Ezekiel 23. This is after, in Ezekiel, is after some of the exile had started. There were still some people back in Jerusalem, in Judah. Many of them had already been taken. There, I think they went away in three waves. Ezekiel 23, 36. Wherever the Lord said to me, Son of man, will you judge Ohala and Ahalabah? And in this chapter here, they are representative of Samaria and Jerusalem. He uses these names for these, uh, as he calls them, two sisters. Then declare to them their abominations. For they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. And the adultery is not with men, but it's with these gods. Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord and are now worshiping these other gods. Thus they have committed adultery with their idols and even caused their sons whom they bore to me to pass through the fire to them as food. Again, they have done this to me. They have defiled my sanctuary on the same day and have profaned my Sabbath. For when they had slaughtered their children for their idols, they entered my sanctuary on the same day to profane it. And lo, thus they did within my house. God is just shaking his head. How can you do that? Give your, your children to the fire to Moloch for food to sacrifice, the food to him. And then you come and worship in my temple. He says, how can you do that? that? That is totally inconsistent with who I am and even who you should be. God is indignant. He's appalled, incensed at his children, his people. Let's go to Ezekiel 14. There's no Moloch today, okay? Sacrifice your children too. But there are other gods. Ezekiel 14, starting with 2, 
Word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and have put right before their faces the stumbling block of their iniquity. Should I be consulted by them at all? It's the same idea here. You know, they were worshiping all these idols, and they were still coming to the prophet Ezekiel and asking, well, what does God say? <laughs> he says, wait a minute. Can't have it both ways. That doesn't work. Therefore speak to them and tell them, Thus says the Lord God, Any man of the house of Israel sets up his idols in his heart, puts right before his face the summing block of his iniquity, and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will be brought to give him an answer in the matter in view of the multitude of his idols. Go down to verse 7. For any one of the house of Israel, of the immigrants who stay in Israel, who separates himself from me, sets up his idols in his heart, puts right before his face the stumbling block of his iniquity, and then comes to the prophet to inquire me for himself, I, the Lord, will be brought to answer him in my own person. I will set my face against that man and make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from among my people, so you will know that I am the Lord." God says, you want to worship idols? Go worship idols. You know, we kind of see that in different scriptures. You know, the, in Revelation, as the one who wants to keep sinning, oh, let him keep sinning. But don't try to have it both ways. You want to worship me? You worship me. And that's all. I am God. But don't worship your idols and then try to come and worship me at the same time. From what I read, that makes God even more irate than you just go and worship your idols. But anyway, talking about idols of the heart. And from time to time, you know, we all, idols have reared up in our own hearts, things that we spend a lot of time and money and effort to follow. We'd never say we worship them, yet we tend to do that. But idols of the heart in regard to our, the context of our lesson today, which cause people to reject their children, to abort their children, and not want them. Purposeful ignorance. It's not a human being. It's not a person. That's an idol in somebody's heart. Another one, convenience. It's not a good time for me. That's an idol. Pride. It's my right. Fear. My boyfriend will leave me. Power. It's what the people or the party wants. We'll stay in power if we give it to them. Women's reproductive health. This is not a good thing for my body. And one, one person said, I, I think, I forget where I read it, when did pregnancy become a disease? And that's kind of the way a lot of people are looking at this. 
you're going to have it. It's a disease. We can take care of it. Buy truth and do not sell it. We can see these idols in the heart, these, these wrong ways of thinking, why people are doing what they're doing. And it's so sad. And it's such a shame. And it's, it's just moving us further and further away from God. And I'm, I'm afraid there are going to be great consequences. And as one brother said to me, he says, how long is God going to withhold his hand? And we see these kinds of things, this deterioration of people's thinking along these lines. And maybe he's already started to do some things. God's always working. We can just pray. Let's go to Matthew 18, our last scripture. There is some encouragement out there. And maybe you've seen that, that there's still some people, you know, this is not a done deal, but there are still some people who are appalled by this. And according to the polls, has caused them to change their mind and say, wait a minute. We don't want to participate in that. That is really bad. So there is still some conscience out there and some of the word of God out there and that's what we have to build on and teach and try to help people see. What is the truth? What is the goodness in life? Matthew 18, 1 to 6. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a child to himself and set him before them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. not enter. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Wow, what a, what a difference from what so many in the world are saying today. That they don't even want the child to be born. And Christ says, you receive a child, you're receiving me. I don't know if he's necessarily talking about birth only there, but I think he could be. But also just to take care of children, take care of the orphans, to rear the children in the right way. He says, I want those kids. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to stumble 
It would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. So I was thinking about this, and we'll wrap this up. You know, uh, we're always looking for a ministry. What about a pro-life ministry, some way? I think our world needs it. And I want to give you an assurance this morning. And I know sometimes we hesitate to, to preach this kind of a lesson. Because there may be somebody under the sound of my voice or somebody that's going to hear this on the podcast who has had an abortion. And I want to tell you this, that Jesus Christ will forgive you for that. He will forgive you. I know I've come across rather strong with this lesson, and I think we need it. But those who have been led down that path to have one of those, uh, have an abortion, Jesus Christ will forgive you. Do not doubt that one second in your heart. We'll close out. Have you been worshiping any of these gods or any other gods or trying to keep one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom? It doesn't work. Jesus said, a man cannot serve two masters. Only one. Only one. We encourage you this morning to serve the Lord Jesus. If you are a Christian and anything I've said this morning has touched your heart, then praise God. Cause you to see things according to his ways, to do something different in your life, to teach, teach someone, tell someone to stand up, then praise God. If you need prayer this morning for anything going on in your life, we're here to help you with that. If you want to become a part of this kingdom, of this God, who loves children and loves his children through Christ Jesus, makes great promises to us. And not only for this life, but for the one to come, we can assist you with that to become one of his children. Well, Brother Don leads us. If you want to come now, you can come. If not, you can contact one of us at any time, even on the way out. So, Brother Don, please.